Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 47. to 50 someday i guess that'll be in six weeks or so well that's exciting maybe if i do more often than once every two weeks how you guys doing what's going on how is your weekend it's a lovely sunday here in chapel hill north carolina it is a little over 90 degrees out there we had a good week it was in the 80s all week as opposed to the week before that where it was basically over 100 all week you guys had a heat wave we had a heat wave here uh i kind of like it better here because i'm in the woods and it's not covered with pavement pavement and there aren't rats and dripping air conditioners and smelly trash cans it's it's much cooler in a way and you know i work in the basement so i don't really have to go outside and go into the subway and all of that which is really the worst but i did go to new york I went last Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It was lovely. I saw my old friend Eva. Uh, I saw Peter Feld, and he brought along a woman with him that was uh, the head fundraiser for Tiffany Caban, and now she's working for Scott Stringer. We drank a Tom and Jerry's with some friends of mine from Austin from Do Stuff Media. It was an interesting mix, but it worked out really well. It was a good night. Uh, then the other night, I had dinner with my friend Kristen, who works with us now, and then Doug Pfeffer joined us, and that was really fun. There's these weird girls at the bar. One of them was hilarious. She was like, I would totally be susceptible to Ted Bundy's charms because I'm not very bright and I'm easily misled by handsome men. And I was like, wow, you know, that woman really knows herself really well. That's pretty impressive. It's a profound self-knowledge there. I was very impressed. It was a good trip. Going back in two days. Going to see a bunch more people in New York. Gotta go to a birthday party, that'll be fun. But it's been good down here in Chapel Hill. We had the 30th anniversary festival of Merge Records this last week. I went for three of the five events, six if you count one that happened like a month ago. Uh, I went to Thursday night at Cat's Cradle, and then I went to the daytime one at Orange County Social Club, and I brought Jane. That was really fun. She went to her first rock concert, and then I went last night, Friday night as well. Saw a bunch of friends from out of town that was really cool uh yeah chatham's doing well man it's super hot uh we had a flood <laughs> day i got back from new york last thursday i was down here in my office doing some work because it was the work day and emma's like you need to come over here right now and she had left her sink running and the little sink overfill drain was clogged and so the sink just flooded out onto the floor and it flooded down through the floor into the basement of the equipment room which really could have been a nightmare because that's like where all our networking stuff is and the power walls are down there and all the electrical and the, the laser printer i got this old expensive laser printer from the secret clubhouse office you know there's a lot of equipment down there it could have been really expensive but it miraculously the water flooded everywhere but it didn't hit any of the equipment except the power walls and they are made to be indoor outdoor so that was fine clean the whole thing up 
you know, they got into the AC ducts, so that's a whole thing. The insulation in our AC ducts is on the inside in some of them. That's kind of weird. It's like some of them are on the outside, some are on the inside. I don't really know. So, like, that insulation is screwed, so we got to get that replaced. But that's only a couple hundred bucks, so that wasn't too bad. And then while we were cleaning that up, <laughs> we get a text from a neighbor, and they're like, did you know your mailbox is totally knocked over? And I'm like, what the hell, man? So I go outside, and somebody, we figured out eventually it was an Amazon delivery driver backing out of the driveway across the street it really it just knocked into our mailbox and knocked it over ripped it out of the concrete ripped out the concrete anchor it was really impressive so you know i had to make a sign for it and convince the mailman to put mail in janet's mailbox instead and but it's kind of interesting we called amazon that night it was uh, actually friday night like at 7 p.m and they called right back and they sent a form and you know i don't know if they're gonna pay us or not but we've filled out the claim and everything it's pretty good customer service i'm not gonna lie i had to talk to three different people but they called within 10 minutes so i mean i guess props to them for that you know yeah so there's a lot of like house stuff going on it was pretty intense there but we got a new mailbox it's shiny and chrome it's mounted in uh concrete once again and the, the flooding is all taken care of and emma snaked her drain so she's tested it that's all fixed and yeah the house is, gets back in a working order we signed the paperwork on janet's solar installation it won't happen until october but once it does it will be awesome because we will generate more power across the property than we consume we'll have extra power for if we were getting an electric car and she'll have power walls too so like it's kind of out on the awesome because if there's an extended power outage we have two power walls, which isn't near enough to power the house for, you know, self-sustaining from the solar. So we have a plan, right? So like we'd come down into this office, the studio here I'm in now, because it's got a separate mini split AC that's separate from the whole rest of the system. And I've marked all the circuit breakers on the the box that is backed by the power walls, which one's with red to flip off and an extended power. So we'd leave the fridge on and it would leave this room's air conditioning on and other like important vital things for the house, but it would turn off most everything else. So we could, you know, we'd bring an air mattress down here and we could just live in this room and keep cool forever. But now once Janet has the power walls, we could go back and forth between the two houses, her solar panels, her house is so much smaller. Her solar panels will constantly recharge her power walls every day. So like we will have permanent power there. So we could just go back and forth which is pretty sweet i'm ready man i'm ready i mean i don't really want any sort of apocalyptic events to happen but you know it's good to be prepared for these things so yeah it's exciting jane is doing well parenting is intense it's intense she's like awesome and i love her and sometimes i'm like this is like the thing that brings me happiness and joy and then other days i'm like this is an obstacle for me doing anything and getting anything done and finding any satisfaction in life and it's you know it's, it's weird it's like an emotional roller coaster and then i was thinking about back when i was young and i didn't want kids i was like i have a lot of friends i got plenty going on i won't be bored when i'm old and i was like man you know i had a lot of friends and i had a lot going on but i'm still kind of bored sometimes now that i'm old and i'm glad i have this baby to keep me company but then i'm like well you know that's because you moved in the middle of nowhere in chapel hill and you you know you gave up your band and your label and blah 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 and so like if you weren't gonna have jane you wouldn't have moved to the middle of nowhere in chapel hill so it's kind of self-fulfilling you know and i was thinking about those smug parents and they have a friend that's lonely or doesn't feel fulfilled later in life and like, he should have had a kid i'm like yeah, it's not really that simple you know it's very hard to sort of parse out like all the emotions and and, and factors in that calculus but it's intense because i'm always doing it in my head all the time i'm like okay is it is it good am i gonna get anything done am i happy and then other times i'm like this is awesome i love my baby and it goes back and forth back and forth but she's good 
She had a good time at her first rock show. She was pretty supremely indifferent to the music, which was a little bit of a bummer. It was my friend Rebecca's band, and they played at the Merge Festival. They hadn't played in a long time. They're called the Spinanes, and you know, it's a female-fronted band, rock band. They've been on Sub Pop. They're on Merge, and I was like, come on, Jane, man, this is a great first show. And she was just like, I need to walk around and collect small pieces of gravel. And so she just led Emma around and collected small pieces of gravel through the whole show. I'm like, well, okay. I mean, at least, you know, later in life when somebody asks her what her first show is, she doesn't have to say it was like, you know, BTS or something like that. The only reason I can ever remember the name BTS is because I keep thinking they're talking about Built to Spill whenever I see that man mentioned. And she'll have to be like, it was the Spinanes. And people will be like, huh? And she'll be like, the Spinanes, man. They're on Sub Pop and then they're on Merge. And people will be like, oh, yeah, cool. That won't happen, but you know, that's my fantasy. I bought her a little Merge Records t-shirt at the show last night, so I took a picture and posted on Instagram of it today. Very proud of her for her first rock show. Uh, I kissed her in public yesterday, my friend that was with me was like, what are you kissing your baby for? She hates that. And I was like, oh my God, I'm being judged as a parent. Do people think it's weird that I kiss my baby? I don't know. You know, my dad actually kissed me up until like my teenage years, and he's a hugger, and he says I love you. Uh, for those of you that know me well, you realize this is probably why I'm so affectionate because I was raised that way. So I, I just figured I'm going to raise my daughter that way. But my friend kind of gave me shit for it. It was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, she's doing good otherwise. Uh, she stayed over at Grammy's house on Friday night so Emma and I could stay at Cat's Cradle and watch the later bands. And she loved it and she had a great time. She didn't cry. So that was a wonderful success. We'll probably try that again sometime. She still says, Daddy, 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 all the time. And up. Up is common, uh, kitty, same words. Uh, I'm trying to think if there have been any new words. Not, not that are repeated a lot. She can repeat after you and say a word. But, you know, same words she says over and over again. It's pretty cute. And she makes me read to her. I've been reading a book on the management of private foundations, and she's making me read it to her. It's kind of hilarious. It's just like this tax compliance guide. And she's just like, she likes it because it's thicker and bigger than all the books she usually reads. And so she just flips around looking at these different IRS forms. It's, it's pretty hilarious. Uh, yeah, so she's doing good. I like my baby. Music. Let's see. I sold some stuff on Discogs. I sold two spiritualized singles for Do It All Over Do It Over Again. Uh, I sold the US domestic single and CD1 of the two-part UK single, so that was cool. I sold a Spectrum Live Vo Chronicles Volume 1. Uh, Spectrum, of course, is Pete Kember and, and Spiritualizes Jason Pierce. The two of them used to be in a band together called Spaceman 3. I sold them both of the same dude, so I assume he was a big Spaceman 3 fan like me. Spaceman 3 is one of my favorite bands ever, so that makes I'm, I'm happy for him. I was kind of bummed to sell the Live Chronicles, but I had already sold Volume 2. They're, they're not out on vinyl. So that's a little bit of a bummer. I should not have sold them, but he wanted it. And I, it was wrinkled on the cover and I gave it to him for like five bucks. So he was psyched. And he bought a CD by a band called the Paradise Motel called Keep Me Safe that I don't know why I own and I don't know anything about and I've never listened to. So I ripped it, but I haven't listened to it yet. So I don't know, maybe I will get introduced by, to an awesome new band for my own CD collection. That would be pretty sweet. Uh, live shows went to merge 30 like I said three of the events I ran into my friend Suzanne from Boston and she was with this girl Kristen that I used to know like 20 years ago it was really awesome we used to be really good friends in the 90s so it was really good to see her and she was with Bradley from Bradley's Almanac fame a great music blog and live music goer in Boston that I used to see back when I went to Boston shows all the time it was good to see all those guys and of course Rebecca Gates was there so I talked to her for a while she introduced me to a couple people that lived around here 
so maybe I'll run into him at shows. That was pretty cool. Uh, so the bands I saw, I saw Telekinesis, who was awesome. First half of the set was acoustic. Second half was with the band. Uh, really great. Uh, William Tyler, solo acoustic thing. It was it was awesome. Uh, Imperial Teen, what a weird band. I didn't know anything about them, and they are very strange. They're like mismatched as members of the band, and their songs are all over the place, and they keep switching instruments, but I kind of like it because it's like interesting, uh, and they have a lot of energy. Uh, but sometimes I'm like, this lineup, everybody just keep playing those instruments now, and then they'll switch again. <laughs> it's always really weird. I haven't seen a band in a while where everybody keeps switching instruments. Uh, and then A Giant Dog from Austin. I didn't know anything about these guys, but it turns out I recognized one song, and it's like, all I want to do is get with you and get high. Uh, I think it's like in a movie or something I heard it, but uh, they said they only had ever, ever played it twice before, so that was really cool. And I could not figure out the woman. I was like, this is a strange band. That woman is really weird, and she was wearing like a silver body jumpsuit from the 80s. And then they covered Hounds of Love by Kate Bush, which was fantastic, but suddenly it made sense because basically she was wearing the outfit from Kate Bush and the Rubber Band Girl video. And I was like, oh, I get it. She's just super into Kate Bush. And it was like a really, really good cover of Hounds of Love. Very punk rock. I was super into it. Uh, and then Y Oak was the last band on Thursday night. They were great. Uh, we didn't stay for the whole thing because we were old and it was almost midnight. And I, even though Jane was staying at Janet's house, I was going to have to pick her up in the morning. So, you know, we left. And then daytime show, we saw the Spinanes. That was awesome. And then last night we saw Destroyer. Uh, who was really great, and Waxahachie, who was awesome, and she had Mary Lattimore, the second most famous indie rock harpist. <laughs> I like saying that about her. But uh, they were fantastic. Waxahachie didn't have a band with her. It was just her, except for about five songs she did with Mary Lattimore, which I think has never, I mean, they said they had never done that before, so that was really amazing. And I've now seen Mary Lattimore in two different rooms at Cat's Cradle with two different merge artists, because I saw her, don't forget, a couple months ago with Mac from Superchunk, who also joined William Tyler for a song, by the way. Uh, Superchunk played Thursday night, and I couldn't get a ticket for Thursday night, so I missed out on them. And uh, Will Butler from um, what do you call that band? The Arcade Fire. A lot of other great bands on Thursday night. So that was a bit of a bummer. And then there was a theater show on Wednesday night, which was not sold out. Well, I mean, it did eventually, but I could have gotten tickets for it, which was the Mountain Goats and His Golden Messenger. But it was in Durham, and I was too far away, and it was Wednesday. And I was like, I, I know I'm not going to be able to handle three or four days of this thing. So I just went to two days. And then Torres, who recently left 4AD, I think, and now she's on Merge. The album's not even out yet. And she was awesome. She was really good. Her band was really good. That was really great. It was a great night. Good time was had by all. Emma came with me to the day show and Thursday night, and I went alone to Friday night, but I hung out with my friends from Boston. So lovely. Music I listened to this week. There's a new Lloyd Cole album called Guest Work. I just listened to it this morning. It's awesome. I have been listening to the single violins for like a month now, and it's really, really good. And I've only given the whole album one pass, but so far I'm super into it. I've not been into the Lloyd Cole solo albums for the last couple of years. I love the first couple of Lloyd Cole solo albums, and I love his weird synth stuff. He does this sort of orchestral synth instrumental stuff these days. That's really awesome, too. I may have talked about it on the podcast like a year ago, but uh, the new album is great. I strongly recommend it. There's a new EP by Black Belt Eagle Scout. It is great. It is like a shoegaze band from the Pacific Northwest uh, with a woman main. It's like a solo project, but it's great. She's awesome. Saw my cat's great all this year. They're fantastic. Gave the new Taylor Swift single a listen. The Archer, it's fine. I like it. Uh, it. You know, I read this article recently about Jack Antonoff and like, does he actually make any good singles? And I would say he does because I think Greenlight White Lord is a great single. But um, 
it's a good song and I you know she has this whole thing where track five on the album is the moody one and I'm always a big fan of her track fives but uh, I wish she had done this one with the guy from Snow Patrol like she did on Red because that would have made this song awesome I think they, they should have done it together it would have been fantastic if it had the big anthemic Snow Patrol guitars in it like uh, the last time on Red but you know Antonov's got like kind of a he's he's repetitive in a not interesting way I don't know it's really weird even Green Light if you listen to it like the synth part should be riffing and doing cool stuff but it just repeats the same three notes all over again but it's a short song so you know it doesn't suffer from what uh, Out of the Woods suffered from when her Antonov collaboration where they just go are we out of the woods are we out of the woods like a million times this one's like shortened to the point so it's got that going for it it's probably my favorite so far of the new Taylor Swift songs I'm a little dubious about Lover uh, but we'll see we'll see uh, there's a new Hold Steady single I'm not into it I like the lyrics I, can, I don't know I'm not feeling this new Hold Steady stuff that's the third single so far and I'm like we'll see which I've never felt about from the Hold Steady before people felt that way about Heaven Is One Ever but I think that's like their greatest album so I don't know I don't know what to think about that yet my friend Og Stone told me to check out Owen McMahon who's like a singer-songwriter the album's called I Was Here it's really great it's pretty intense kind of reminds me a little bit of Unbunny back in the day mixed with Early Mountain Goats so if you're a fan of either one of those two i strongly recommend this owen mcmahon album it's really great uh chris brokaw an acquaintance of mine from the boston years good friend of jill's uh he used to be in a band called come and he was in a band on thrill jockey called pullman and i think he was briefly in the sea and the cake pullman is a collaboration between him and some of the sea and cake members anyway he's got a new album out called end of the night it's awesome it's chill it's guitar it's fantastically cool uh, i've given it two listens so far so i'm pretty into that uh my friend gibby out in la sent me a care package from his record label deus records and it had uh, the drab majesty new album in it modern mirror which is fantastic i think emma would like it too it's got a serious sisters of mercy vibe on a couple songs there's a lot of like new bands that are really channeling like floodland era sisters of mercy which is like one of emma's favorite albums ever and so i was telling her this morning i'm gonna make her a mixtape of these new bands. Oh, no, it was last night. Some guy was wearing a cold cave shirt. And I was like, yeah, you'd like them. And some of their stuff sounds like Sisters of Mercy. So I'm going to make her like a, like a, like a mixtape like like it's the 90s and she's like a girl i have a crush on of bands that are out now like drab majesty and cold cave and uh vox low that sound like the sisters of mercy and send it to her uh and he it also had the new Zeno and oaklander single insomnia the light the whisper which i really enjoy just the 12 inch but it's really solid and a genesis p orage cold cave seven inch that was really awesome as well there's a new Fionn Reagan single called Call of, Color of Fur. Got really into Fionn Reagan about 10 years ago. Don't know what's been going on with him since. I forgot to keep up with him, but I really like that one album, Be Good or Be Gone. Actually, I think there were two I really liked. Uh, Irish singer-songwriter guy, and this new song is really good, so I'll be keeping an eye out for that new album. Uh, there's a new EP by Zonal, which is a Justin Broderick project. Uh, it is self-titled. It's called Zonal. Justin Broderick, of course, is the man behind Godflesh and several other uh, Jezu and and several other noise sort of dirgy grungy uh, grindcore bands kind of one of the people in the sort of founding of the grindcore scene zonal is more atmospheric i wouldn't say ambient it's definitely dirgy and guitar-y but it's it's uh you know it's not the like manic crazy shit uh, I read a really long New Yorker piece on Mitski, and I realized I'd never listened to her first album self-release called Lush, so I gave that a listen, and it's great. I'm a giant Mitski fan, and it was really exciting to find out there was a Mitski album I did not know about, so I've been listening to that a lot this week. New 4AD signing called Velvet Negroni has one song out on... Ooh, I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, 
anyway we'll ignore that uh anyhow new song called wine green from this artist velvet negroni i know nothing about him but he's a new signing in 480 so i give all their new signings a chance even though 480 is not you know the 480 of yesteryear they generally have pretty good editorial taste so a little you know it makes me a little nervous though because it's a little bit too much like uh what was that Stone Temple Pilots, Guns N' Roses band, Velvet Revolver. Yeah, the name's too like much like Velvet Revolver. But anyway, it's uh, I've, I've listened to it twice and I like it, but we'll see what's up. I'll keep that. So what I do is when I have these singles, I leave them in my To Investigate playlist till the album comes out. Then I put the album in and delete the single. So, you know, you'll hear me more, more about Velvet Negroni in a few weeks. And then uh, New Cigarettes After Sex EP, which I enjoyed very much. And uh, something called Trace All My Friends. I don't know what that is. I don't remember it at all, but I listened to that. So we'll see. Turning to television, uh, I watched the Mueller hearings in their entirety, all seven hours of them while I was working. It was really depressing and it bummed me out. I mean, he did fine. And, uh, you know, Rachel Maddow, not that day because I couldn't watch any news that day. But the next day I watched Rachel and she like made me feel a little bit better about it. Like Jerry Nadler seems to think he got what he needed out of it. And they seem to be progressing with impeachment hearings anyway. So I guess maybe it's OK. Um, there were a few moments he was very direct, probably just the beginning, like the very first five questions from Jerry Nadler was like the most direct part but you know it's just kind of like there's a couple parts where people like okay you know he says I'm only gonna report on the report and testify on the report and nothing more and I'm like okay that's fine you told us that and then people are like can you read this passage in the report he's like I'd rather you read it because like he was he's pretending to be completely neutral which is fine but he's also like he won't read his own words because he doesn't want to be on the air reading his own words he knows the soundbite matters right and so like it's kind of the opposite of what everybody says about the guy because they're like oh he's just a stand-up you know straight shooter he's like impartial i'm like okay but if you aren't willing to be in a soundbite of your own words i mean yes i mean you know if they took it out of context if he's like will you read this passage and he reads that passage and he looks at it and he's like that's totally taken out of context but nobody was doing that to him he just wouldn't read his own like words or summations or anything and that kind of bummed me out a little bit but I knew I shouldn't have high expectations, but and I didn't, but it still bummed me out. So I was really totally just sort of sad that evening. And uh, so I watched <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat over again, the Tom Cruise, Emily Brunt movie. Uh, not over again. I only watched it once. I was just like, I need something escapist. And I just put that on and I was like, okay, that'll do the job. Uh, we're still watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. by Marvel. It is not a great season. I heard that this, not this season, but next season will be the last season. At this point, I'm like, okay, that's fine. It's, it's sort of like muddled this season and I think Agent Coulson's gonna leave at the end of this season maybe they'll all do the last season now that there's only one but I don't know. I keep watching it, but I, I'm not really super into this season. Uh, and then I was poking around on Netflix when Emma and Jane were, you know, we're all messing around up in the game room. And I was like, I want to put something on, but I don't really want to pay attention. And I opened up a Netflix app. Typically what I do is I just open all the streaming apps and look at what's on there and then don't play anything. And I scrolled around in the app for like five minutes. And then I came across this weird Jap Japanimation cat show thing. It was not recommended to me at all. It was like 10 levels deep. And it was called Agriketsu. And I, it was Awesome. <laughs> it's based on a red panda San Rio character called Retsuko, who is an office drone, and she gets really mad and sings death metal at the karaoke bar. And they're like 15 minute episodes, and it made me so happy. And I'm like, Netflix, if your algorithm was any good, you would have known to tell me to watch this, but you didn't. And now I'm just watching it, and I love it. It's really great. It's super cute and really weird and kind of bad, but kind of awesome. And we're watching, you know, the great thing also, a great thing about Netflix is with foreign movies, they have both languages and audio.
audio and soundtrack. So you could just choose. Like we started watching it dubbed into English. And then I was like, nah, this feels wrong. And I just switched it to Japanese with English subtitles and it was much better. So that made me happy. <laughs> uh, I didn't really think about that before. You can like things on Netflix you know, probably have both. You could just do both. So that's cool. We're watching season two of Star Trek Discovery. It's okay. I'm kind of into it. Uh, I, you know, I wrote extensively about how much I was not into Star Trek Discovery at the beginning. I powered through season one when I was watching a lot of movies when Jane was born. And now we're finally getting around to season two. And I'm like, I, you know, I, I care enough about what happens in the next episode that I'll keep watching this. Uh, it's definitely a sort of a hold you over until Picard comes out, which I'm very excited about. And that trailer was awesome. Uh, I have a couple of friends that are nervous, but I, I don't share their nerves. I mean, obviously they could mess it up, but I'm not going to worry about it because everything looks great so far. So it's, it's very promising. Uh, and then we're just still plugging away at adventure time, watching two or three episodes here and there, whenever there's nothing else. And we have 15 minutes to kill. Uh, I think I picked up Adventure Time in season four and then we watch it to the end, except for the last two episodes. And then Emma had already seen all the beginning ones. So I'm just working through seasons one to four. So I will have eventually watched all of it. So that's nice. Movies. Uh, <laughs> uh, one weekend, last weekend on Saturday, I watched Iron Man 1 and 2 and Thor because I'm just trying to remember the order of what happens in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't even care that much, but it's so big. It's very hard. I need like a nice cliff notes of what what happened when and what, which movie. But I think I got it now after watching those. Uh, it was We did that because, of course, Natalie Portman was announced to come back as Jane Foster and eventually Thor. Uh, you know, Jane Foster has a PhD, so she will be Dr. Thor, which is awesome. You know, like around like the hammer and like being worthy to pick it up and all that. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's very easy to make a new Thor. They just make them worthy to pick up the hammer. So that's cool. Uh, anyway, and then we went out, and went out last week and, and got a babysitter and we went to see The Lion King. Which was all right, I guess. Uh, you know, my friend worked on the visual effects and he did a very, very good job. It's a very beautiful movie and I wanted to support him. So I went for that reason. The Lion King original was after my time of watching Disney movies. Uh, I was like a cool kid adult in Boston, you know, drinking and going to rock shows. So I didn't really care when The Lion King came out. But of course, Emma, it's like exactly time to like her loving it. So she loved it. Uh, the original and she liked this one perfectly fine. She said in some aspects it was better and in some aspects worse. You know, it's definitely like, I, you know, people are using this phrase for that in the Cats trailer, Uncanny Valley. And I'm like, I don't really think that's accurate. Like, it's not Uncanny Valley because they look exactly like animals you don't think they look like animals it's just weird because they're animals acting like humans like you know gazelles don't really prance <laughs> and that is very strange but it's not I, I think we need a new term and i would say that doubly so for the cats trailer which i'm not going to get into because i just don't care about cats but i will say people keep saying uncanny valley and i'm like well it's not really uncanny valley because there is no such thing as a humanistic cat that talks like the whole thing about uncanny valley is that it's uncanny because it's almost realistic and like i mean I've never seen a humanistic cat that talks, but if I did, I bet they'd look like the ones in cats. I mean, they're pretty dead on, if you ask me. So, you know, we need a new term, not uncanny valley, like sort of abnormal valley or surreal valley or something like that. But, you know, if a cat actually did get up on its hind legs and start talking like a human, it would look weird in real life, not just because of the visual effects. So that's kind of my, I'm working on that insight there. Uh, like I mentioned, I watched uh, Live, Die, Repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. That movie came out in the theater as Edge of Tomorrow, and I saw it in the theater, but, uh, and when I bought it on iTunes years ago, it was called Edge of Tomorrow, but they've since retro renamed it to Live, Die, Repeat, 
colon edge of tomorrow which makes sense because it's the tom cruise movie where he lives and dies and repeats the whole thing over again it's like uh, groundhog day meets a sci-fi film basically but you know it's, it's a good film it's better than i thought it was and i remember it uh, i remember liking the first half and not caring about the second half and that's still basically the case i like the repetition part i like the idea of a sci-fi groundhog day so that was enjoyable uh, and then yesterday in the theater oh no uh, well, before i get to that uh two a couple days ago at home before the merge thing so when tuesday and wednesday i re-watched darkest hour the gary oldman winston churchill film i had seen it before and i hadn't and uh, man that guy he really he really nails that part film's a little schlocky in places i think but it is solid it just for his performance is just amazing i mean man he, I, this time i really sort of paid attention more and i was like okay i can see gary oldman in there here and there but jesus that is winston churchill it's impressive uh, and then yesterday morning before the spinnings i went to once upon a time in hollywood the new film by Quentin Tarantino. The ninth film. He's only got one more. Uh, it was great. I loved it. It was uh, a little, little, little bit of violence on women in one scene that was pretty painful, although the women are evil. So, you know, I don't know. Without spoiling things, they are criminal evil people. So maybe it's okay. Not okay, but it was it was hard to watch. I'm not going to say. But everything else about it was amazing. Love letter to Hollywood. Amazing little vignettes. Lots of different sort of tributes to different types of movies in Hollywood. I think it might be Luke Perry's last role he's in it briefly and he does a great job uh dicaprio's awesome brad pitt's awesome uh, margot roby's awesome <laughs> there's a lot of weird cameos in it uh lena dunham's in it uh it's great i really enjoyed it it is long be warned man it was two hours and 40 minutes so you know that that hits that hits anyway i thought it was really well done and i'm not a giant like tarantino fan or anything like that i'd probably say his best film is from dust till dawn <laughs> har 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 uh, books. I finished Death and Life of Great American Cities by Jane Jacobs. I'm a little confused why she called it American Cities because I, she never mentioned anything that seemed American specific, but I guess she was just like, well, I only really know American Cities, so I'll just keep it to American Cities. Uh, I thought her stuff about banks and credit was really insightful and way ahead of its time. Uh, you know, like, I, I think that, like, she sort of misses the mark on uh, gentrification, like the sort of rebirth and renewal of neighborhoods. Like she didn't really talk about that a lot at all. She talked about like the willing renewal of neighborhoods that had died, deslimification, but she didn't really talk about how they have this ebb and flow. She kind of like implied that um, without doing anything, neighborhoods are once they're dead, are dead, even though she's examples like the North End in Boston that are the exact opposite of that. So it was a little muddled there. Uh, she was definitely wrong about old buildings and rent. Like she, I thought it was really interesting and it makes a lot of sense. And she was like, at one point she's like, see, you need old buildings in an neighborhood because old buildings are paid for so the landlords can charge less rent new buildings they have a lot of all you know their mortgage and all their expenses still so they can charge more rent which means only certain kind of activities can be in new buildings you can't have a dance studio in a new building and i was like man if you saw new york now there's like buildings that are decrepit and 200 years old and they're still charging like 250 a square foot for retail space like she did not see that coming so that was kind of interesting about that and, you know, she doesn't sort of, like, understand, like, she missed the whole boat on roving gentrification, if you will. Like, one neighborhood was bad, and it's good, then it goes out further, like, the way sort of Williamsburg into Bushwick into Bed-Stuy. Like, that's just alien to her. And she seems to imply there's an equilibrium in, in, in slumification, de-slumification. And I don't really think there is one. I think there's an ebb and flow constantly. Neighborhoods getting better and getting worse, getting better and getting worse. But all in all, I can see why she was super influenced by the whole thing. She has one very specific idea of a good neighborhood 
neighborhood though and it's not necessarily yours or mine like soho now she would not like because it's like mainly uh commercial space and there's no factories and there are very few people and she thinks the neighborhood should be like a really good mix of all those but i loved living and so i love that it wasn't crowded at night you're in the heart of the city and you could get anywhere and it wasn't too many people at night so like your idea of a good neighborhood might not be jane jacob's idea of a good neighborhood and i think that's something else that she sort of missed the mark on but you know it was great. She had this very super interesting side point about this, uh, the side effect of raising assessment values on the nearby properties. And I thought that was super interesting, like sophisticated tax stuff that I never really thought about. And uh, then, you know, she was talking about like she's most famous for her battles with against Robert Moses and saving of Washington Square. And she was telling the story about how they like got rid of the road that goes through the middle of Washington Square. And there's all these traffic predictions. She talks about this in another book I read too, Little Dark Age or Dark Age Ahead. <laughs> Little Dark Age is the MGMT album. And, uh, you know, they blocked off the traffic and the traffic just went away and we've been seeing this a lot lately in studies that traffic just fills the space it has it's like a gas if you like make less space for traffic there's less traffic and it struck me and this is kind of an insight that it's kind of like modern monetary theory right like it's just sort of completely contrary to any logic and we're not sure why it happens but traffic goes away when the roads go away and like that's kind of what people are saying about mmt and we're all like no that's crazy it couldn't be but i'm like well we thought it about traffic so maybe mmt is uh possible as well you heard it here first man james jacobs versus mmt that's my big insight for the day uh anyway and then i read two books on running of private foundations because i was <laughs> went down this rabbit hole of like how do private foundations work and how are they managed and under what rules are they operating and i don't know i wanted to know more about how they all work and, and the tax implications and all that stuff so i read one it was a quick like 100 page little guide it was really dumb and then i bought this book it was like it's $200 new, but it comes out every year. So I got last year's edition on Amazon and it's like a tax compliance guide. <laughs> it's like 500 pages and I just read the whole thing. And that's the book Jane's really into. So I keep reading to Jane about tax forms, the 990-PF tax form, which is the how private foundations file their taxes. I don't know why I read those, but it was interesting. And then I read my friend Og Stone's manuscript for a uh, travelogue manuscript called Nick Cave's Bar about a trip him and his friend, our friend Andy Shea, took to Europe uh, 20 years ago. That was great. It's a, uh, you know, it's a rough draft, so I'm not going to judge the writing, but it was awesome. And it really took me back specifically. I, I'm not in, in the book or anything, but I was hanging out with those dudes at that time. So, you know, when he sets the scene in Alston before they leave and things like that, I'm like, oh yeah, Alston in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, and now I'm reading the Al Ferguson's Ascent of Money, which is not the book I hoped it was. I thought it would be a little bit more wonky about the history of currency and things like that, but it's much more like how modern finance works. This is how the stock market works. This is how the bond market works. This, you know, and I already know most of the stuff in the book, but it's good for little trivia bits. Uh, it's a quick read. I'll be done with it in like four days, probably after my trip to New York. So I don't know. I need to read another woman book next. So, uh... I got a recommendation from a friend. I might pick that up, but I'm also trying to make a dent in my nightstand. So we will see. I got a few days to make a decision on my next book. Uh, the Neil Ferguson book is the 10 year anniversary, anniversary version. It came out in 2008 and for $5 on the Kindle, you can get the book with a 2018 forward on it. So if you do not, if you feel a little weak on like how modern finance works, I cannot recommend the book strongly enough. You know, what is a bond? How does the bond market work? Why do what, what's interest rates, inflation, how does this stuff affect me? Uh, they should make a kid's version of it, you know, <laughs> teach Jane this stuff. <laughs> I've been joking for a long time that I would make a children's version of Irving Fisher's The Money Illusion, which is sort of the book that first broke ground on the concept of inflation and the value of money so that you people understand, you know, that money doesn't have 
stable value. So I want to like sort of teach that to Jane at a very young age. I think that'd be really fun. Anyway, work works going well. We're making tons of money right now. Nimbus is growing slowly. Our ad server had its highest day ever yesterday, which is really exciting. Our clients seem to be having most of their obstacles out of the way, and they're ramping up really nicely, which is really good. Dimitri did some press on it, which is pretty sweet. Uh, I'm doing the sock audit, which is going to be tedious and take a year. I may have already talked about this, but that has been kicked off, and now we're working on the sock audit along with the regular financial audit. So that's you know a lot of busy work but important stuff so that eventually we can handle money for our clients which means we could offer some more services that we don't offer now right now we sort of broker the auction but the the demand partners pay them directly so we don't really get involved in the money but you know once we have the sock audit we could do that and there's a lot of other demand partners that want to work with us but they don't want to like write a bunch of checks they just want to write one check so we'd have to hold money so we need the sock audit so that's all happening. Uh, yeah, but it's going well. I'm into it. Uh, coming up there next on Tuesday, we're rearranging the office because we've got more people in there. So that's exciting. Uh, yeah, huh? work is good. Work is good. Let's see. Uh, I've been. I almost got in a Twitter argument, but I didn't do it. Somebody wrote a, a tweet saying that founders build stuff and CEOs manage. That's the difference. And I was like, I respectfully disagree with that. <laughs> And then <laughs> some some friend of mine was like, I disrespect, disrespectfully disagree. Most CEOs can't manage shit. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't say that. But, you know, I just was like, I'm not going to argue about this. But I think it's very interesting because it's like founders, yeah, they do build something. But managers also build stuff because, you know, it's kind of like what is building, right? What is making a movie? We say the director made a movie, but the director didn't make the movie. And millions of people made the movie. Did the, and even that, when the Best Picture was awarded, it doesn't go to the director. It goes to the producer. So, you know, there's a lot of different people that make stuff and, like, saying that CEOs don't make stuff is just silly because typically they have to make a bunch of stuff they have to make the product work a lot of times it didn't even work when it was founded they have to make whole departments they have to make whole processes they have to make whole other functions of the product other features they have to make 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 you know it's not really just managing so but i was like more to the point i'm like i'm gonna not get in twitter arguments i've been doing my best to avoid getting in twitter arguments uh, or any arguments on the internet because it's not healthy right Right. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm trying to read social media less. I still consume a lot of it. I am definitely shifting more to Instagram though. I like photos. I've been doing Instagram stories a lot because it's nice. I can take a picture of my baby where she's kind of cute, but it's a crappy photo and it doesn't have to be perpetually there. I'm also thinking a lot about the baby children agency with photos thing, you know, and I think when they're a baby, it's fine. It's up to you. Nobody's going to, you know, whatever it's a baby, but as they grow older, they have a say in this. And I'm like, Instagram stories, the ephemeral media is kind of a way to sort of bypass that whole thing while I percolate on the whole thing. So I've been doing that. Uh, I still read Facebook, but I've noticed people are, it's dying, man. Like I get served up hosts that are two months old now and not because there's new conversations, just because like most friends aren't using Facebook much anymore. And I think that's kind of interesting. Are you using Facebook? Are people using Facebook? Am I not seeing you? Did I just block you? Did you block me? I don't even know. It's possible. I used to argue too much on the internet. I wouldn't blame you. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Uh, and then my friends Noah and Colin have a newsletter, email newsletter called Why Is This Interesting? And they asked me to do an issue of it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And he's like, come on, you could just dash something off. You think about stuff all the time. You got a podcast. You just think about stuff. But now I have paralysis because I'm like, well, it's just one shot. I got to make it really good. And I don't really know what to do. <laughs> they asked me like two weeks ago and I've had like five ideas and I've just tossed them all aside. And I really have to get that done. So that's kind of my goal this week. 
and then projects. I'm back to writing my songs. Uh, Conrad, my friend Conrad, gave me the name of a guy to mix them, and I was like, well, I have two that are ready to be mixed. Although I want to ask a friend of mine to do some backing vocals on one of them. But I was like, I've been working on this third, and I was like, I really feel like three that becomes an EP. I should have three done. And I was working on this third one for a while, and I just it was stuck, and I couldn't get through. But uh, just this morning, I broke through, and now I have like the melody and like the chord progressions and the chorus and the verse. And it's short because the other two are both like over six minutes long, and I want to play them for you guys. But I feel like they need to be mixed first, and I feel like I need all three of them. Uh, and I was like, if I get if I stop, I just you know last week I was like, oh, I should just mix these two because the third one's not coming, and then I'll never get any of this done, and I'll never release it. But now that the third one's moving again, I feel pretty good. I'm going to work on it today, some more this afternoon after doing this and pumping tire and Emma's car's tire, pumping air and Emma's sorry cars tires that was hard to say but yeah so the third one's coming along it's kind of like an uplifting folk thing more like anthemic uh you know channeling my peter paul and mary or something like that trying to do my, my version of if i had a hammer or something <laughs> all these songs are very political it's weird it's gonna be weird you guys aren't gonna like them i know you're not but i don't care i'm doing it i'm having fun and you will hear them sometime some of you have heard them i've sent them to like 10 people now but yeah, so back on that, making some songs, making progress. It's pretty exciting. Also, we're near end of the end of the month, and I have not missed a single day of my 750 words this month. And I think there's been some really good stuff in there, so that really feels good. It's the only writing I've really been doing. Rebecca asked me last night, and a friend of mine asked me on Twitter the other day how the book is coming, and I was like, oh, I've confessed my miseries about the book to the people on my podcast. But if you don't listen to my podcast, you don't really know about any of that struggle, and I don't really know what to do about it. And now, you know, I'm like, I'm going to worry about it after this job, so I'm just putting it on hold again. And it's real bummer, and it got really reminded of it twice lately and I was like oh but luckily I was writing songs again so I felt good about that and I felt good about my journaling and I did write that funny short story about records I don't know if I ever told you guys about that I definitely I should finish that too it's like 85% done I should finish stuff back into the finishing mode finishing 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 and with that we should finish this weekend i was a little busy so i didn't pull it off but i think i might do one next week i'm feeling like once a week is better again uh i always you know procrastinate i don't want to do it but i want to get doing it i'm into it so i'm maybe i'm gonna give that a shot we'll see we'll see thanks for listening i miss you guys drop a line let me know if you have any questions about the management of private foundations talk to you next week take care